all you hot messes on this week's episode of the hot mess teacher express we have the wonderful the amazing educator andrea on to discuss her move from the high school classroom to the college classroom and what's that look like and what's the difference and should i do it you're not going to want to miss this one you hot messes welcome back to another episode of the hot mess teacher express i am the hottest and messiest teacher of them all just smith so thank you so much for being here again this week uh this week i have someone very special on the pod with me i'm so excited because i've heard so many amazing things and this is actually kind of the first time we're meeting but it is doctor right doctor Andrea, educator Andrea. Andrea, I'm so happy you're here with me today. So thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy doctoral schedule. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I do feel like it's going to break some people's brains because the amount of times that I've gotten DMs about you thinking people, like people thought I was you And so they would be like, congrats on the new baby. And I'm like, that is not my current life right now. I do not have a new baby. So I'm like, what are you? Or they're like, yeah, I saw you when the tour came through. And I'm like, I've never toured. So do you mean just? (laughs) It was cracking up because I, the very first time that I saw, I saw you on the tour and you didn't come out at the end. So the curtain call and I DM'd you on Instagram and I was like, is everything okay? Like, are you good? Because I was worried that like, like, which like some random person DMing you, like why? But then you were like, yep, all good. And then like a week later, a couple weeks later, you announced that you were pregnant. I was like, ah, I was morning sickness. <laughs> I was so sick after that show. I almost didn't make it through my set. And oh my gosh, so... <laughs> So definitely no no new baby for you. <laughs> Absolutely not. And you were you were great though. Like I had no inkling that you didn't feel well. It was super funny and you're, you know, it was great. So you you did well, even though you were dying. So much. Yeah. That tour is so fun. So I actually get to go back on tour for like the first three shows that we have in 2024, because they're gonna be in Maine. So I can drive there and come back nice. to my babies and not and not feel like I'm abandoning them. But like, I, yeah, it's it's such a fun show. So I guess that's a little plug for the Board Teachers Comedy Show because you definitely should go. Yeah, it really is. And like anytime it comes through Indianapolis, I'm just going to make it an assignment for all of my students to just go to <laughs> the show. It's just it has such a good energy and good vibe. But I have to tell you, when we went, I took my husband, who is not an educator, and we show up, and it was the first time, this would have been spring 2022, I think, or summer. Like, it was, I think it was the summer. It was the, it was the summer of 2022. That's what it was. And so I had been doing social media for a year at that point. And like, 
If there is somewhere I can go to get my tires pumped, it's going to be a teacher-focused comedy event, <laughs> right? And so I got ready and like put my makeup on all special and I'm like, this is my moment. And it was the first time I got recognized for my content was at that show. I, no one could tell me anything, but I also hadn't figured out the good way of like accepting when people recognized me or told me they followed me. Um, but I had like a few people like when we were waiting for the show to start come up and like ask to take pictures with me and stuff like that. And so oh. I felt like such a celebrity and like 100% like there's like 90% of me that goes to teacher comedy events because I simply love comedy and I love teachers and all of that. But there is that 10% that I'm just there to like see and be seen and feel so like a celebrity for a little bit because I always get recognized when I'm at like <laughs> one of those things. And like my husband now is so over me when I do that. I'm like, maybe we should just like do a laugh. And he's like, you need to I don't, stop. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I, I mean, if somebody recognizes me, I don't. What if, what if they followed me and I told them I was going to be here and then they don't see me? I, it's for the people. The people right. need it. You can't disappoint your people. And it's, and it's so refreshing to be in a room or like, you know, like even on your platform, you're putting out some like amazing content. You're doing a series right now where you're going like elementary, um, high school, like you're comparing the two and it's, it's so funny it's so funny and like being in a community like that where we can all laugh and sit there and be like oh my gosh me too like this happens to me all the time too it's so refreshing yeah and so therapeutic to be able to laugh with other people and not feel so alone yeah so you know like your platform and like what you're doing the comedy that you're putting out there is it's such a safe place for people to be in Thank you. And I, I love I love that you're doing that. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's so funny because when my husband and I showed up to the board teacher's uh, show, we were like looking around and my husband looked at me and started laughing and he's like, there is such a teacher type. He's like, if you look around <laughs> at the people at this show there, and it's so funny now because now I recognize teachers out in public quicker because I get approached by a very specific type. And it was that that type was everybody at the show. And it's usually uh, women between the ages of 30 and 50 that recognize me. Um, or younger people that say my mom is obsessed with you. <laughs> um, I've gotten that too. And I'm like, thanks. Thank you. I'm Thanks. Thanks. I just like, I love that we're in their DMs, right? Like that we did something that they sent to each other. That makes me so happy. Um, but like, there's a very specific, usually a cardigan. Our shirts are up to like a collarbone, right? Like, no, like it's, it was so funny when we went to the show because my husband was like, there is a type and it's so hard to like specifically describe what it is, but it's very like covered number one, like even on a night out, right? Cause there are booze at those shows. Like, but the oh, teachers yeah. like, and teachers can drink, but everyone's yeah. still like very covered. And this was summer in Southern California in San Diego when I went and still everyone was like pretty like conservatively dressed, like very straight laced looking and all of that. It's just, it's so funny to be a part of like this niche of comedy. Um, and it's just, yeah. I, I feel like we have a very fun 
kind and understanding community. Tell us about you. What What's your teaching background? And then we'll kind of go into what you're doing now. Yeah. So I started teaching in 2013. I had actually gotten into teaching because of my job at a grocery store. I worked at Wegmans, which is the absolute best grocery store in the world. I love it. Um, And I was 21, I think, when I first got my job there. And I was like a a cashier. And then they upgraded me into being the cashier trainer. And everybody that I worked with was a high schooler. Um, And so I was, you know, pulling from all of the things I remember my teachers doing when we were trying to learn stuff to teach them like how to memorize the produce codes and how to do the scanning really quickly. And we did like scavenger hunts around the, um, around the stores. They would get to know the store. And I did all of that while I was getting my bachelor's in English. I worked full time and was going to school full time. And so all of my day was like English and then teaching these young cashiers how to run register and all of that. And then after I graduated, I was like, you know, I've got to get a big girl job now and got a job as a technical writer. (laughs) I was so bad at that job. And so then I, after I met with them, I'd have to sit down and edit all this stuff. And I'm like, I have never been more miserable. Like, I'm so bad at this job. I'm going to go get, like, I'm going back to the grocery store. I'm going to go train cashiers how to run register. And right. So then, like, my husband's like, you can't do that. That's going to be a cunte. It's just that, um, (laughs) You can't, you can't go back to do that. And the hours at a grocery store are brutal. Like you're working holidays, weekends, all of that. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess maybe I'll go back um, to my alma mater and get a degree in education. I'll, you know, I'll get my teaching license. But at that point we were, you know, paying for our mortgage and all of that. So I couldn't afford to not get a paycheck for student teaching. And so we took the gamble that I would start the program. And then by the time it came to the student teaching semester, I had to have landed a teaching job on a provisional license. And this was 2013. It's not like now where everyone's desperate for a teacher. Like, right. No, that I'm, was at, hard. And an English to get teacher. A teaching job. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm, uh-uh. I'm a dime a dozen. And so I right. made it my mission. I went to every single like job fair that was out there. I would show up and be like, hey, I'd meet all these people. I'd get the contact information of all these administrators. And then I emailed them monthly as I was making my way through being like, hi, principal so-and-so. It was so lovely meeting you four months ago at the such and such fair. I just wanted to see if you have any jobs available. I would love to work with you in your wonderful community and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, Eventually, insert community here. <laughs> insert literally, right? Like I probably that would be a guarantee you there were emails where I forgot to change out the names, you know? Like hundred percent guarantee you. Like, and I finally wore one of the schools down enough where they brought me in and they brought me on an emergency license. So I was able to transition from tech and I was in that tech writing job for three years. And so then I became a teacher, but that then and when I became a teacher, my first day in the classroom, my only teaching experience was cashiers on a register. That was it. Like I had not subbed. I didn't have any, like they had like an early field experience thing where I went in and watched another teacher and then he let me teach half a lesson. Um, right. But like solo being in charge of your class, like never, ever, ever. And so my very first day, it was like I had seniors, number one, and I thought I was 26 and looked young, I'm teaching seniors, and they could just smell the new on me, you know? Like, so I show up and I'm like, ready to go. <laughs> I'm like, so optimistic. And they just, 
they we got real close that year because you know how like first year teachers they just sometimes they take pity on you and they could tell yes. I was trying. They could tell I was trying. So yes, yeah, so I taught there for three years and I loved it. It was in Orange, Virginia, which is a very rural, small school over near Charlottesville area. And then um, taught there for three years. And then my husband wanted to go back to school to um, become a physician assistant. So then we ended up moving to California to have help with family and all of that, where I taught for three years at a private Christian school. And then three years at a large, large public school. And then now I am working at Indiana State University as a professor of teaching and learning, which sounds like a fake title. <laughs> I tried to tell somebody like, oh, what, like, what do you teach? And I said, teaching and learning. And they're like, but what's the subject? And I'm like, no, it's literally like, it's my department is TNL, like teaching and learning. Like that's what it's called. <laughs> like, it sounds fake. I swear it's a real job. Okay, whatever. Wink, wink, nod, nod. I promise it's real. <laughs> and okay, so like while all of that is happening too, you're also getting your doctorate. You know, just I was bored. I yeah. So during the all oh of my gosh, <laughs> I did not like also you. the pandemic happened in there. I had both my kids. Yeah. So all the all of the hellscape that that was, you know, with not knowing that was my like right at in. the beginning. Oh yeah the trauma of all that occurred because of that is horrifying. Like we showed up and they're like, we're not sure if you can come back and all like uh, the whole mess. Cause April, 2020, you've got to remember like things were shut down. I was in San Diego. And so there, the rules were really, really strict. They just didn't really know anything at that point. And so we didn't really get the care we should have at that point. But yeah, so I, let's see, I started my PhD journey pretty much as soon as I started at the public school in California and then was working on it through. I knew after about the first five years of teaching, seeing the reality of the classroom versus what we were taught in the teacher prep program, that there needed to be a change, you know, that we like, we've got to do something better for these teachers and not have them just constantly writing like 30 page lesson plans. That doesn't do anything. We don't do that in our profession. Yes. Yes. So, um, so then I, you know, got, was working towards my PhD, my dissertation focused on the way that first year teachers relationships with their students are impacted by stress. And as a part of that, we talked a lot about what coping skills were helpful, what like environments were most helpful and all of that. And then when I was working on my dissertation, I started applying kind of across the country, really. I mean, we I just sprinkled applications everywhere. And I got one phone call from one university and it was Indiana State. Um, And then it was perfect because this is where my husband is from. He's from Southern Indiana, but we wanted to make our way back. Yeah. Like he's from like, like very, very, very small town, Southern Indiana. And so he like, he really wanted to come back here. We had to find a place that was like a good mix of cornfields and Starbucks, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and Terre Haute is back. Yeah, there's a couple Starbucks, plenty of corn all all around. But now I'm, you know, living my best life as a professor. It's wild how different a pace it is from K-12. Like, yeah. Okay, so you are bas- you're basically being a part of teachers going into education, like getting their teaching license. And I feel like a news reporter like now, how is the mood over there? Like, <laughs> how are people feeling? Um, like, do do these like, do, do these almost teachers feel the tension or? 
kind of know what's oh, going yeah. on with education. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do, I do encourage them to stay off of teacher quit talk um, as much as they can, you know, um, and, and that is not to disparage or to disagree with the experiences of the teachers who have left the classroom because I think their experiences and their feelings that are completely, completely valid. I just know that if, if I'm going into a profession, I want to hear about the successes and and not like the hardships of the profession because they're they're going to have both. And I think it's really and I do everything I can to give them a very realistic expectation for classroom management, for experiences and all of that. Um, but they they do get it like they know the environment, the um, local school district had not approved raises for their teachers in about seven years. So they are. So like a seventh year teacher and a first year teacher were making the same amount. So they they do have an idea of, of kind of the environment and all that. But my big focus has been trying to instill in them like what strategies and tools can we give them that are going to make it sustainable. The absolute worst thing in the world, though, is that and I don't know if they they have it where you did your licensure, but they have something called the teacher work sample here. Are you familiar at all with that? No. It's it's very similar to the licensure stuff in California, but essentially, okay, those super long, obnoxious lesson plans that they're never going to use ever, those are required yeah. by the state. So I have to give my students this massive assignment because when state comes in to check on licensure, they're going to see what score we gave them and see what the student turned in. So I can't be like, don't even bother, you know, like. I have to do this thing that I absolutely was like, I will never do that as a professor. I'm like, I literally yeah. have no choice. But we we get to do a lot of other stuff too. And we're using AI a lot to look at different time-saving things and all of that. So I try and make it like fun and optimistic, but realistic, you know, as pragmatist right. as I can possibly be about what it's actually like in the classroom. But they honestly seem like they have a good understanding and want at least to have firm boundaries so that way they don't burn out. I think there's such power in having a professor of education understand, like almost being like so fresh out of the classroom too and going into a new classroom, a totally different experience with different students altogether. But to have that perspective of someone that understands what it's like and also is willing to say, set those boundaries. Because when I went to school for my education degree, like there wasn't that emphasis on boundaries. It was almost idealistic. Like even in the last 10 years, teaching is something totally different than when I graduated in 2013. Yeah, 100%. And it's been really interesting because ISU, one of the reasons they hired me, because it, when they hired me, I was still considered all but dissertation. I hadn't defended my dissertation yet um, until like a couple of months ago. So they hired me fresh out of the classroom because they knew that they needed kind of that perspective um, because yeah. the rest of the professors are experts in their field, experts in theory and all of that. But none of them have taught post-pandemic. None of them, like they taught online college classes during the pandemic, but they never taught high schoolers with all the challenges that exist right now in the classroom. So I focus, my, like my classes are all secondary. So 
it's anywhere from seventh to 12th grade that my students are going to go in and teach. Okay. And because I've actually experienced what it's like to have a chair thrown at me or a cell phone chucked at the wall, I can have those conversations with them. Whereas like, right. The professors that I'm working with, most of them, and this is not to disparage them in any way because they're phenomenal, but they have not been in the classroom for 30 years. That's like pre-cell phones. You know, like they, they right. never had to say, put a cell phone away because those didn't exist yet. Like, and whereas I've only ever taught in the cell phone world and gone through the different like waves of, you know, integrate technology, technology is going to be great. And don't let your students touch your phones or like, don't take phones or do take phones. Like all of that, that has kind of happened in the past, you know, few years. It's been really great because I was afraid when I started here that you know, my social media presence or my age or, um, you know, the fact I was just fresh out of the classroom was going to make my colleagues see me with less respect, but it's honestly been the opposite. They've been delighted by my social media presence. They are really excited about it. Like, oh, I was terrified to even tell them about my social media presence because K-12, right? Like when you go to K-12, they're like, you don't exist outside of this classroom <laughs> like you have no jokes you have no personality yeah. like they, yeah. you had to be so careful like i had a pseudonym that i used for the longest time online like not just educator andrew but even if you went to my site it just said andrew and michelle which is my middle name it's not my last name um yeah and then i started here and i was like by the way like i have i have and, and it's also weird to be like i'm internet famous you know <laughs> like like I don't I know have if you know this, but I like do TikTok. It's cool. I, when I go to very specifically themed comedy events, people know me. <laughs> like, so like they they were I, I told the dean that and I told all of them, like, should I not tell people that I work here? Like that was my my first question is like, should I not make it public that I'm at ISU? And they were like, why? And I was like, well, because for like legal reasons and they're like one legal reason and i'm like i don't know that what like <laughs> they're like no tell everybody you work here i'm like for reasons you know that's what i'm over like because and they're like i'm like because when the parents call they're like yeah the parents can't call legally you can't talk to the parents about the kids anyways and i was like oh all right well oh all right so now i'm actually like in charge of the teaching and learning department social media I like am teaching an honors course in spring about social media and its impact on culture. Like they are oh. so hyped about all of it. And it's, and they like come to me for my expertise with it and everything because they, it's something that they just, they know that they don't know a lot about and they know it's shaping our world. So like, yeah, whiplash from going to K-12. No kidding. Like, you don't exist to here where they're like, let's celebrate this skill set that she has. This is amazing. That's amazing. Did you ever get in trouble in in like a K to twelve school about I didn't. social media? Okay. So uh, when I was at the small private school, I didn't have anything out there. Like I didn't have a TikTok at that point. My social media, I had a podcast that I was on at, for a little bit that was like book related, not teacher related, and I wouldn't post anything about teaching because I was afraid of losing my job because the parents at private school are a lot. So, they rule the roost yeah it was it was not not fun so i was really hesitant when i worked there then i got a job at a big public school and they had a very very strong union 
Um, and to start out, like oh, uh, to save money, I hadn't officially joined yet. Like I, it was it's expensive. Like you, I don't know if everybody knows that, but like it's pricey to be a part of the union in a lot of states. It is very expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. It really is. And so I was like, I'll just put that off. And then my social media presence started to grow. And then there started to be inklings that like people in district leadership were aware of my social media and there were questions being brought up about it. And it wasn't even a matter of like, oh, there was a complaint because I never had a single complaint from a student or a parent ever about my social media, not one. But district leadership was starting to get nervous that what if a parent gets upset? What if this happens? And, you know, like all these hypotheticals that I was worried about when I came to ISU, them being worried about, and they didn't care. The district leadership was starting to get like a little bit nervous about it. And like, because when I started fall of 2021, I had 3,000 followers on TikTok. And then by summer... I think I had like 110,000 or so. And so the last year I that was there, like the 2022 to 2023 year is when my presence really started growing, especially across on Facebook and Instagram, which is where the parents are, right? Like TikTok is all the kids. So like no one cared. But like once the parents started seeing on Instagram and Facebook, then there started to get people get so I joined the union and was like I don't want to lose my job because <laughs> like, you can't advocate unless you're a part of it Protect you know me. yeah yeah I'm like please um and they never as far as I know had to do anything but I did join it like and spent the money just as an investment into not losing my job um, and yeah I, I never had never had an issue never got in trouble or anything like that but I was I was prepared and I had all again, like I never talked about the school I was at. I never had students in anything, never had student names in anything, never talked about the school specifically. Like I was so, so cautious and I'm sure that that helped. But then for a little, a little while there, I also had like a, a disclaimer on there saying like, this is just purely an amalgamation of my many, many students and blah, 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 blah. As like an additional thing. It was, yeah, it was getting stressful. I think if I were still there, I probably would have been called in to have a, a chit chat at some point, but thankfully I'm here now and they're excited about it. So, yeah. And that like, again, like you said, whiplash from that experience. And I think that is part of the stress of being a teacher in a K to 12 school because you are constantly being like, if I do something wrong, or like if something gets taken out of context or if a parent gets just enough upset or, you know, all of these things, you're constantly looking over your shoulder and like second guessing yourself all the time. Yeah. And it makes it makes it really hard to do comedy when you're doing that, you know, like <laughs> and that, that was the There's other nothing thing funny about it. <laughs> no. Right. Like you, you can't like it's not funny if you're worried about getting people mad all of the time. Like you've got to be able to make some some jokes and especially with the teaching profession like it's a funny profession we deal with insane things like the most yeah out-of-pocket things that come out of these kids mouths but you know and i i do empathize with the administrators and districts that are you know they don't want to have a stressful day they want to have a good day and if they think i'm going to make their day bad then they're going to try and shut it down you know Exactly. Exactly. But it's yeah. been so refreshing now because now I can make comments about 
administrators or policies or whatever. And people can't be like, how could you complain about your admin? And I'm like, I don't work in K-12 anymore. Like I can make comments yeah. that are a little bit stronger now because people know I don't work K-12 and I'm yeah. defending those who still do, who are still in the trenches and putting in crazy hours and not calling in sick when they really should because sub plans are a hellscape. Exactly. So I, yeah, I think that's such, I think there's a lesson to be learned from districts and admin. Again, like I understand their perspective and and their need to protect themselves as well. But this idea that you're celebrated for your expertise in something that's not necessarily in the classroom, but what a tool that could be. Like you get to run social media for your department. Like that's so cool. It's wild. It, yeah. But, and it was so funny because at the very beginning of the semester, we had like our big department meeting and they talked about different committees, different things. And like the initial plan or agenda had a bunch of stuff on it. But then when we came, there was an extra agenda item for a committee seat that needed to be social media management. And like we sit down and we're like, anybody want to run the social media? And everyone knows about my platform, right? And so they're like, anybody want to run socially anyone think they might have a skill set they could bring to the table with that and my coworker was like don't do it don't do it i was like i cannot do it like everybody knows like oh <laughs> uh, so i was like all right I'll, yeah i'll do it which is like it's not hard right like you're just posting like silly things and updates and all of that but it was just really funny because they literally created like a service committee spot for just doing social media because they're like sweet she just can do it one for you <laughs> Just screen and all my expertise. So what would you like working in a K to 12 classroom and then looking at the college classrooms that you're in now, what would you say is the biggest difference between those two classrooms, whether it's like students or just um, different experiences with admin or? So I think the, the biggest thing from my experience is that I have right now I'm teaching um students that are all upper grades so these are all juniors that are in the in my classes and they're all trying to be teachers so highly motivated focused students that want to be there there was never a day in my entire career where every student was delighted to be sitting in front of me you know so that i know shocking to everyone uh, even after i had following on tiktok they still they would be not listening know. to me like they wouldn't be listening to me because they're watching my TikToks, and I'm like, I'm <laughs> here, <laughs> like you have the live show right so, here. Yeah, this is, and they're like, yeah. Anyway, so that is for sure one of the biggest things is like, wow, um, I I have students who want to be there, and I don't have to deal with cell phones because they these are adults, right? And if they do want to check their phones for a second, they can do that. Um, but I have not had the issue of like, wow, this kid's just sitting on their phone the entire time. They're focused. They're excited to be there. Um, it's like teaching all honors AP classes um, is the best way that I could say it. And I I just have so much intellectual freedom with it where I can be like, okay, cool. Like, I don't feel like doing that. So I'm just not going to do it. And we're going to do this today. Oh, oh, I didn't even say the absolute best part. I got sick. My voice went away. And I just uploaded something on Canvas and said, do this by Wednesday. Don't come to class. And that was it. Didn't didn't have to fill out a 
15 page lesson plan. I was like, do this discussion board, watch this video, go. And then they just did it. And I came back when my voice was back. And they just did it. I- they just did it. They just did the things. The fact I can be like, you know what? I know school wasn't canceled for the snow, but I it's not the vibe for me to drive in this. Yeah. Yeah. And I could just be like online class this week. You can call a snow day? What? I can call my own snow day and not use sick leave for it. It's a real treat. Yeah, that like by like there's a lot of really cool things about what I'm doing now, but like that has to be one of the like when I got sick and I was like messaging my coworker, I was like, what do I do? My voice is like gone. And she's like, just A, cancel class. B, tell them to do something online and just don't go in. And I'm like, is this allowed? Am I gonna get first? <laughs> and she's like, no, just just don't don't do it. And I'm like, do I just do I have to use sick leave? And she's like no I'm like it's real sweet i gotta tell you that's blowing my mind <laughs> real sweet that is 100 percent one of the things that i love like so motivated students small classes and the flexibility to be sick when i'm sick are like the top ones not bad the breaks are also like think about college uh, schedules right like college schedule and it's real, like, because I I always figured, like, oh, but professors have to still be there over the breaks doing the things. And you can, especially if you've got to do some sort of publishing or something like that. But, like, or you cannot. Like, you have, because they're like, you're an adult. You know what the requirements are of your job. If you can do those requirements the first week of December and then just take off the rest of the month, go for it. I'm an adult? Like, you're going to treat me like an adult? like it's crazy yeah like i think that's so funny i think like when teachers go into you know if teachers leave the classroom or you know or move on to another career i think it's that thing like people want to hire teachers because teachers are so used to (laughs) be run over yeah like you need to come to work even if you're dying or your children are so sick and you don't have childcare. Exactly. And so I was like, you, you know, for 10 years, that was my life as I was, you know, you go, you go to school, you work, and even if you're dying, you die at school. Like, it doesn't matter. And then, right. you know, this, <laughs> this job is not that. And um, it's really cool because, you know, I, I one of the things that's really strange is the amount of time with students is so little. Like, my one class that I have, I see them six hours a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Fridays from eight to 10. And then I have a Tuesday night waters class or grab class that is from five to eight. So that means I am with students live for nine hours a week. And that's it. And then the rest of the time is for those committees and research and all of that kind of stuff and prepping for class and grading. But like to go from being live with students for almost 40 hours to and having like eight hours or five hours of prep time a week to like that being completely flipped on his head bizarre i mean i did and to be clear like i didn't really do anything fun for like four years of getting my phd so <laughs> now i feel like i'm getting to like get some of that back because i had no Enjoy life. life i don't know yeah, yeah. like drink water so yeah <laughs> 
not be afraid to like have to go to the bathroom. It's cool. Yeah, I could just cool. pee whenever I want. It's crazy. Do you do you miss being in front of the students for like that amount of time? I do. That do you miss the like, relationships? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The biggest thing is lunch time is makes me really sad. Like I uh-huh. especially that first week because how much did they like and now I feel like I've got a good relationship with my students, but it's it was hard this semester especially because I only had a dozen students in my Monday, Wednesday, Friday class. So they were the ones on campus. So I would see them and then they would go off to their other classes. I was like, I was the classroom where I always had kids in there. You know, before school, they'd be waiting outside my door. At lunch, they'd be annoying me and messing with me and making fun of how I was eating. Like, I was never alone. And I hated it at the time. You know, like it was one of those where I'm like, you guys, overstimulation to the nth degree, like was so exhausted. And then I, I came here and I got my lunch out my first week and I sat at my table in my office and just ate my lunch in silence. And I was like, this is kind of sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> This is kind of depressing. I miss my students. And so yeah, I, I do really, really miss getting just the everyday contact with students too, um, where I am, you know, building those relationships, hearing about their lives. I have to work much harder for that with college because like I insisted on them coming to a uh, an office hours meeting with me that talks to me. I was just like, well, I'm, I'm like, you guys need to sign Forced up. to work. Dang yeah, up. like you will build a relationship with me. It will happen. Um, to, like to, to check in on them and all that. And then I felt like we were starting to get somewhere. Uh, but it was really funny because it, it did have to be just so much more intentional of like, how are you? Is everything okay? Because you can read kids so easily when you see them every day in your class in K-12. And then I always see the Monday, Wednesday, Friday mornings, like it was so much harder to really build that. So I, I do miss that. And I miss my students. I have them DMing me on Instagram still, like updates about their classes and like who's dating who and all of that. So I still like stay in touch, especially my last class that I, I had and all of that. They still message me. And I did just get this was such a treat this last week one of my students for my first year teaching came across my instagram and he commented and said something along the lines of like oh is it crazy when your english teacher from like nine years ago is instagram famous and i was like oh it's my buddy and so like i messaged him and was like how's it going he's doing really well and he you know it's wants to be an author and is working on a novel and i'm like my baby oh my gosh yeah so like it's so special when like the social media influence reaches people who i've taught like that is my best day when i get a message from somebody i taught and it's like hey how are you and i'm like oh you remember me you know that like warms my heart i i like i still have some of my students you know like reach out that is one of the greatest messages to receive. It gives you that validation that you need for all of the, the yeah. tears and the and the you know stress that you put into that classroom. It doesn't make it all worth it, but it does in that moment. <laughs> that moment, right? It, it, it makes it make sense a little bit, right? Because right, you know, and, and it's still hard to know because with that kid in particular, like. He was just one of those kids that like was very disengaged, was brilliant, but didn't want to be there. And I remember telling him like what a talented writer he was and all of that. And then 
he like has been working on getting published and all of that. And he's like, I wouldn't be doing it if it weren't for, you know, you telling me I'm a good writer. I'm like, that's so nice. But like those little things that we don't even think about when we say them, like little seeds that we planted throughout our time. And then we don't even know like what impact there is of that until, you know, somebody reaches out and tells us like, oh, hey, that was really cool. I remember that you did that, you know, like way, way after. That is such an amazing thing to kind of bring into this new stage of your life and changing the way that you teach and who you teach. I love what you're doing because I think it's so important and it makes me want to like go get my doctorate. Do it. You just won't have fun for several years. It's but after it's great. <laughs> because like I like there's something so special about about new teachers. And I remember being in those education classes and feeling the hope and just so excited to get into my own classroom and and having all of these ideas and being so excited to implement them. And what would happen if I had a professor like you that was like almost bringing me a little bit back down to earth, but also allowing me to live those possibilities out. And I think I I think that's so amazing what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's really exciting too because you know we've we know that the the people who are making the decisions about how much teachers get paid and how they're treated and all that, like teachers saying like, hey, this isn't working, is it isn't really being heard. You know, and so that was one of the other things I wanted with my doctorate was now if I walk into a room and I say, hi, I'm, you know, Dr. Forkham and I've got my PhD in curriculum and instruction, like they're far more likely to listen to me, which is stupid because my 10 years of teaching taught me so much more than my dissertation process ever could, like realistically, but because now I, I, formalized it in some way they'll be like oh well we could listen to her you know she's an expert in the field and i'm like okay but my department head at my last school is so much more an expert than i could ever be she's a genius like you should have she's been saying the same thing that i'm about to tell you but you're not going to listen to her because she doesn't have letters after her name which is stupid and that was one of my other motivations is like my my goal is to like do research in this community like i mentioned the the funding at the local schools around the university one of my goals is to look at the attrition rate for these schools for their teachers versus other schools that have consistently increased teacher pay um, and prove to them that they're costing themselves money by not increasing teacher pay because of the extremely high attrition rate and not to mention what it's costing students and all the rest. But they, if I could put a dollar amount on it, then maybe they'll listen, you know? Yeah. Money talks. Money talks. <laughs> Um, okay, I know that I've kept you for a lot longer than I anticipated, but it's just been like so fun to talk to you and and learn all about what you're doing. So I'll um I'll let you go and do your your amazing work. But before we go, can you tell people like where to find you on social media, maybe some projects that they can follow coming up? That would be great. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Educator Andrea on Instagram and on TikTok and on Facebook. I finally got my Facebook back up and running because it got hopped not too long ago, unfortunately. Oh, no. oh yeah, I had 30,000 followers over there and had monetized and then somebody logged in and stole it. So I had to Holy. shut it down and start from scratch. So 
Oh. Yeah, it's it was rough. So that exists now. If you look at Educator Andrea, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, I'm on all three. Um, and on educatorandrea.com is where I have uh, like my merch and all of that good stuff. And in March, right now we're in the beginning planning phases of it, but I will be launching my podcast um, with my with the company I'm working with, Human Content, um, and it's going to be called Those Who Can't Do. And it is a teacher podcast, a comedy teacher podcast where I'm going to be interviewing um, teachers, celebrities, all of that to talk about their experiences in the classroom and just to enjoy it. Kind of like what my content is, where it's focused on laughter and encouragement and all of that stuff. So I we don't have like an official website for that yet, um, but that should be coming out in January, February. Andrea, like, thank you so much. I, I, um, have been just waiting to meet you. <laughs> I I also get all of the time like, oh my gosh, you remind me so much of educator Andrea or you guys you guys look like sisters or like do you guys know each other or I like I'm so like excited be to meet my twin. And right. <laughs> we do look like we could be related. Like and we could pass off as as sisters 100%. Absolutely. I'll I'll move. I'll move to Indiana. So just move. It. The smell is Let's gone. Let's do it. The smell is gone. The smell is gone, everybody. The smell is gone. I'm moving. Yes. <laughs> um, thank you so much for what you're doing for um the, our new amazing baby teachers. Thank um, you. I'm so excited to see the impact that you have on you know this new wave of educators coming in. And all you hot messes, thank you so much for being here as well. I hope you enjoyed and go follow Educator Andrea wherever you can. And I will see you next week on the Hot Mess Teacher Express. Bye.